You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hello and welcome to the Eye on the U podcast, the Miami Herald, Miami Hurricanes podcast. I'm David Wilson. I'm joined, as always, on the other line by Susan Miller-Degnan, our Hurricanes beat writer here at the Herald. Susan, what's going on? Well, I'm not in the Pacific Northwest, even yeah. though even though I'm wearing a Portland a Portland <laughs> t-shirt. Uh, I am in the Northeast, in kind of up the elevation a little bit in Westchester, New York, about an hour north of. Uh, of New York City with my in-laws, my family, my grandchildren are coming, about 20 of us, uh, no, about 26 of us. My husband's cooking Thanksgiving dinner. It's going to be, it smells so good in here right now. <laughs> anyway, it's all is well. Well, uh, I'm, I'm back here in Miami and obviously uh, <laughs> we'll both be in the building on, on Saturday um, for Miami Pit. Actually, my first Miami game in, in a, quite a while that I'll be at. Um, but yeah. Um, it's an important one, obviously for Miami sitting at five and six need a win to make a bowl game. Obviously want to send the seniors out with a win on senior day. Um, Miami has not missed a bowl game since what was it? 2007. Other Uh, than last year because of COVID. uh, Yeah. Has not has qualified for a bowl game every year since 2007. Exactly. Um, So yeah, a big one coming this weekend, uh, obviously, um, coming off a win against Clemson. I would say an unsurprising loss to Clemson. Um, Miami, uh, I don't think either of us thought had a, a shot in that game. Although they kind of did in the fourth quarter if the offense had not been absolutely horrific. 98 yards, a third fewest in a game in, in Miami history. Um, yeah. there, have been some, there have been some bad years in Miami history. Um, so obviously that wasn't great. They had it within two touchdowns with uh, about 13 minutes to go with the ball too. And then just couldn't do anything with it. Clemson pulls away in the end. Um, weirdly, for a game that Miami kind of got crushed in, I would say uh, closer than the final score indicated uh, than that 40 to 10. One of the better, you know, it's a pretty low bar, but it's pretty much as well as they have played Clemson in, in the last, uh, basically like since Clemson became a superpower. Um, but that offense, uh, we, we have to start there because it was a historically bad offensive performance from Miami. Um, which, you know, I wasn't, I'm not surprised the offense struggled. Even, you know, Jakari obviously riding high off that uh, Georgia Tech game where he played so well. Um, you know, we knew the difficulty was going to ramp up uh, on Saturday. And he struggled, unsurprisingly. Um, but what was surprising, I guess, is the extent to which the offense as a whole struggled. Nothing going in the run game the entire game. Um you know, it probably could have been, you know, Jakari obviously misses a, a long throw to Xavier Restrepo on the well, second play second, of the game. That, second play, yeah. You know, if he makes that throw, that's an extra 50 yards or whatever if he just makes that throw. So, you know, 
part of it was, you know, the offense has been bad all year and clearly just like has no identity or cohesion, but also part of it is obviously also starting a, a freshman, true freshman in his second career start and uh, his, the struggles you expect from that. Um, so, I mean, that the offense is, it is that there's not a whole lot to say at this point. We've kind of talked about it all, but what did you think? You were obviously there in Clemson. What did you think of, um, I, I want to kind of specifically focus in on Jakari because he's the, you know, he's the interesting part of this. Um, the, the thing I think we can actually learn about how, what did you think of the way that he, we didn't, you didn't talk to him after the game, uh, but no. just the way that he handled uh, that situation, the adversity, all that kind of stuff. I mean, I, it's hard to say how he handled the adversity. It's mm-hmm. easy to say that he's exactly the way I thought it would go. That yeah. is, first of all, Clemson has, you know, amazing athletes. Yes. And they're they're Even without Brian Brzee, they're maybe arguably their best defensive player didn't play, but they still got four other like NFL defensive line. Oh, yeah. Their defense is so good. And there's no way Jakari did not have a shot. And, um, you know, he he and my, you know, between Miami's offensive line, um, just Jakari got sacked three times. Yeah. But I mean, they were pressuring the whole time. Right. He's he turning sacks. He's turning sacks into one yard r- scrambles, right? Because yeah, that's the he, kind of player he is. He just didn't have a shot. He had one beautiful run, at least. I, I mean, he really his running is really good. But you know, as we said last week, his throwing is uh, is passing. Excuse me, is suspect. Yeah, erratic. Like, I would you say. and I talked about erratic is a better word. Erratic, like you were saying that he. Um, he has a, we were saying he said he has a rocket for an arm. And, and I said, well, okay, that's great. That's nice. Yeah. But can he hit people? Can he, you know, hit his targets? And I, you know, between Clemson's defense and Jakari really needing, obviously he's young, but he needs to improve in that area. Mm-hmm. He, he has not, he's not elite at all in that area so far, so yeah. far that we've seen. He's only started two games, right? Right. Um, and he's very young, um, but, um, you know, so as far as handling it, I think he's a, a pretty mature, really good kid. And Tyler was there. Tyler Van Dyke, mm-hmm. even though he did not play, um, I guess. And Jake goes in in the fourth quarter. Um, yeah. We were wondering maybe if Jake should have gone in sooner. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it gets a touchdown. It's a little... Uh, dicey you know we weren't sure it was a little wobbly whatever I mean everybody was nervous I mean poor Jake got just creamed he got oh yeah I mean that's a tough tough spot and we talk about it all the time how tough it is for backup quarterbacks to come I never try to evaluate like what a backup quarterback oh yeah it wasn't warm in that situation yeah terrible gets thrown in at the end of the game down big and you know what his stats say that he fumbled again he got killed. Did you see that sack? <laughs> yes. I mean, he got apps. I was scared for him. I thought this kid's like done. And, and, you know, he got back up, but I felt really bad. That was kind of the end. They, the, UM lost the ball and Clemson, you knew was going to pour it on. They're fighting for the, the college football playoff. And you knew that, that Dabo Sweeney was going to just keep pouring it on. Yeah. The um, announcers were loving Dabo's kid and Kirk Herbstreet's <laughs> kid in the game. They, they kept pointing him out on every, uh, every snap on that last drive. Oh the garbage time but, drive. But anyway, so that, you know, Jakari 
he played exactly with it yeah. the way I thought he would against a, an elite team. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I, I mean, would say, you know, it's interesting to look at how he played against Georgia Tech and how he played against Clemson because there's two obviously massively opposite sides of the spectrum. Georgia Tech, you know, not not the worst team in Power Five, right? But probably not going to make a bowl game. And Clemson, obviously, in the mix of the playoff, and you could see against a team like Georgia Tech, his like athletic excellence and natural ability, like it could take over, right? He could that he ran the ball so well in that game. Um, and Georgia Tech, I mean, you can see they they focused on they wanted to take away his running because you saw how well Jalen Knighton ran as a result. Um, whereas Clemson obviously went in with the same plan and Forget they can shut down everything, right? Like Forget once they it. shut down that, it was just a reminder I, that he's kind of a one, I don't want to say one dimensional I, player because obviously, um, well, you know, he's thrown a couple touchdowns, but pretty close to a one dimensional player as, yeah, as a guy who can run and the throw, like they, Clemson was like, I try to throw on us and he couldn't. I mean, he, you know, if he, maybe if he hits that, if he hits that first throw to X, maybe things are different. Cause then you gotta, I mean, you gotta, maybe, you gotta maybe. account maybe. for it a little bit more, but once he missed that first throw, like Clemson was like, all right, just do that again. And I agree. I don't, I don't even know how things, maybe I'm being a pessimist, but I don't even think things would have been that different. Yeah. Personally. Well, I think I, they, I, I think I, they probably would have still said, all right, do it again. Right. Like, let's see. Yeah, let's see. I, then they would have four more yeah. times. And I mean, you know, the idea that Miami got 30 yards rushing, I, I now 30 yards rushing. Um, I'm looking, sorry, I'm looking at stats and that's, they lost uh, 14 yards on uh, sacks. Mm-hmm. Um, but come on, I, I, you know, forget it. You're done. If you get 30 yards rushing. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that, especially when you can't throw, right? Like that was, the whole the whole promise of Jakari is you're gonna at least run the ball well, and obviously that's and, what Mario wants to do, what Gaddis wants to do, and and their um, defense fight does. Fight, UM's defense does fight to the end. I, I love that. I, yeah. I, I really love that. I mean, Cam Kinchins was totally. He had a great game, but he was totally bummed out. Yeah. After the game, he was. He's. <laughs> I think what somebody asked him what the morale of the team was. And he's like, what he expected to be. We lost. Yeah. Okay. He, he didn't say much after the game. Yeah. Um, but they, the defense is to be commended. Um, yeah. If Miami gets out. that defensive performance with the offense they had last year or the year before, they might win that game. Right. Like the defense was obviously oh, yeah. they, they gave up they three might. quick touchdowns. Um, but after that, they were fantastic. Um, right. You know, they obviously were on the field a ton because Miami, they ran, I think, 19 offensive plays in the first half. Like they were, um, the defense has been, you know, it's it's interesting because we're, we're, we've talked so much about the underclassmen over the last few weeks here, uh-huh. um, all the freshman starters. And I, I think it's interesting to like think about the way the defensive underclassmen and the offensive underclassmen compare. Because the offensive guys are kind of, and maybe it's a product of just the offense has been a mess all year and like they have no cohesion. Um, but the offensive guys, like, it's kind of like where you feel like, all right, good experience for these guys, right? Like Jakari, like, you know, flashes, right? Flashes. Um, the offensive linemen, good that two freshmen are starting. Like, they're, you know, they're going to be, uh, they're going to get, they're going to benefit from this. Uh, Jaleel Skinner, right? Like, flashes. He was another one that, um, now there was great defense on that play towards the end of the game. Oh, yeah. There was a pass that he could have caught. Yeah. I don't know. Jeremiah some... Trotter Jr. came in and kind of broke it up, but yeah, he yeah probably... it was broken up, but it was, you know, it was, 
I don't know. But, yeah. but anyway, what, what I was saying is the deep difference, the offensive guys, it's all flashes. The defensive guys, like the best players on that defense are the young guys. So I, I, I think it's hard not to feel encouraged about the way the defense is going when you've yeah. got, you know, if you, you know, you want to tell, say who the, if you list off the five best players in the defense, you're probably saying Cam yep. Kitchens, uh, Tyreek Stevenson, probably James Williams. Leonard Taylor, Daryl Jackson, like four of those five guys are underclassmen who will be back next year. You throw in Wesley the Saint, who I think has been and really Wesley good. and Wesley, yeah, oh um, yeah, and in Wesley. Akeem, oh, I forgot about Akeem Mesidor, who is also technically he's a like third year soft. You know, it's weird with the coach. Technically a sophomore, yeah. um, you know, could go pro, could come back, whatever. Like there, there's a reasons to feel good about the defense, but the offense, it's been the story of the year, the the way it has fallen off a cliff from last year, and obviously. Tyler Van Dyke's injury contributed uh, a lot. And I, I think maybe it's even like at this point, kind of under discussed how much it is contributing to the offensive struggles. Um, but yeah, it, it, it is not, you know, even when he was out there was not, it had some good moments, but it was not, it was clearly the weakness of this team, which is shocking considering where they were a year ago. Agree on all counts. Yeah. That's all you can say. Uh Sounds like there's an outside chance Tyler could play this weekend. Um, definitely, like Mario every week kind of sounds more and more positive about it. He's obviously keeping it close to the vest. But um, last game of the season, um, you think there's a real chance he plays on Saturday? I do. Uh, I I got a tip last week actually. I didn't, I that they were they they were preparing to to <clears throat> do their best to start him mm-hmm. um, and. Uh, that that's before Mario even told us that. And it sounds like they are, it sounded like more than just Mario trying to have them prepare for both quarterbacks. I mean, it might end up that way. Um, yeah. I think uh, Mario, obviously the players uh, fans, but really wants to win this game. I really believe yeah. that uh, real. I mean, it's really important to him. Uh, of course it's important for him that win every game, but and I don't think he wants to end up with a five and seven record. I think uh, he wants the players to, uh, you know, go out on top at, at at Hard Rock, which they haven't been able to do. They've lost four games in a row there. Yeah. He'd like them to have another shot at a at a bowl game, even though we know it's going to be a you know lower tier bowl. But still, the kids get excited for it, um, and it gives like uh, Will Mallory said, it's not just a sudden oh my god like black and white like all of a sudden they're playing and then bye-bye exit interviews goodbye it gives them another month together to kind of get used to the idea that they're saying goodbye and all that stuff yeah i I do not want a situation like the florida state game i will say that where you bring tyler in when he's clearly not ready like that was i I mean we don't know what happened exactly whether it really he looked fine and then all of a sudden you know, you know, you can get hurt again, right? Like it happens. Um, But if that, I mean, he's like in a game like this, where this, this team is not really playing for much other than a bowl game. Like you cannot risk a, an injury, a rea injury like that to your quarterback who, I mean, it's kind of the elephant in the room at this point is like, what is going to happen to Tyler after this year? Is he, uh, is he going to still try to go pro and, you know, settle for you know probably not a first round pick now i never really thought he was going to be a first round pick necessarily but he kind of try to go pro um 
Is he going to come back? Could he transfer? Like, that's the elephant in the room right now. Um, you got, I mean, you got to put his, you got it. So you got to prioritize his health, but it also is benefit, you know, for the program. Like you don't want to put him in a situation where he feels like he's not being protected and he wants to get out of here. Like I mean, your, I, your best yeah. hope to be good next year is still him coming back. Oh, absolutely. And I, I, I don't think I, I, if he thinks he's not ready or his, people or whoever yeah, you got to listen to him he's on this not one. gonna yeah. they're not gonna play him if he thinks mm-hmm. but i it makes me a little concerned about him starting if he does if he does it does make me concerned i'm not convinced he's not the same thing's not going to happen i'm well, really it's, it's the coach's responsibility to protect a player from himself right like yes you you can't feel like uh you you, you don't want to feel like you've made a bad decision to decide to play I mean, I agree. I just think when you're in an actual stressful, like your body is in a stressful situation and it's, it's during the game, you're Mm -hmm. in, you know, in game action that what I'm saying is I'm sure Tyler seems if if they're playing him, he seems fine and whatever he seems healed, but then you get all tight in that situation and you, and you haven't been hit. Remember they do not tackle in right. practice. They do not tackle now at this point of the season. So, you know, once that game starts and like, I'm looking at the stats now and Pitt um, is one of the best defenses in the nation, by the way, they're number three nationally in sacks. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, sacks per game three, number three out of like 131 teams. So yeah. eight in rushing defense, eighth. Okay. And 16th in total defense. Yeah. I mean, I th- you think they're not going to be blitzing and coming after um, Tyler or whomever? And, like, it scares me. It scares me. One hard hit on his shoulder or whatever. I don't know. I don't know if it's the right decision if they yeah. do start him. But I, what am I? What, what's it's not for me to say. I guess. Yeah, it's it's different now too than it was the Florida State game. But it was not a fair situation for Jake and Jakari to be in either. When you when you for play sure. a quarterback who's at risk of re-injury. Oh. Um, and you have to get thrust into that. Obviously, it's different now that Jakari has real experience. Um, right. Yeah, it, it was. I mean, the Florida State game was a mess for so many reasons, but um, Ty, the the Tyler situation was definitely part of it. I mean, I would. I hope he's good enough to play and play well and all that because I like watching him play, and we haven't seen him in a while. And and I think Miami has to feel like they don't know what their offense is right now in, in some ways. Um, you know, obviously everyone's going to get reevaluated at the end of the year, including Josh Gaddis. And part of what Josh Gaddis is going to say is I was missing a top 10 quarterback in the country for half the season. Like, what, what do you want from me? Um, so it'd be good to see two more games from Tyler in this offense and see what they can actually do. Um, so yeah, if he, hopefully, if he, hopefully he's able to play this weekend and lead him to a bowl game and play again in the bowl game. If Tyler you know, if we learn whether he's coming back right, or not, that's, and then if that's he's the not other coming back, then maybe he doesn't play in the bowl game if they win. So I, you know, that yeah. That and if they know well. he's not coming back, then does it even make sense for him to play? Right? Like if if they have a feeling he's going to go pro or he's got a yeah right. transfer or something, like then play Jakart. Like it, it right. there's a lot that I would think Mario has a better grasp of than we do um, on stuff like that, or I would hope he does at least. Mm-hmm. Um, that that would go into I think influencing the quarterback decision for for this weekend and like you said potentially a bowl game as well. 
Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Uh, okay, so senior day, obviously, also, uh, I wrote about uh, something, obviously, you're writing about in your advance, too, that'll be up probably around this time most of you people are listening to this. I wrote about them on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. A group of seniors that has been through a lot in their Miami career. Um, I, I looked it up, Wayman Steed, who is the uh, most wow. experienced player on the roster, a sixth-year senior um, who's been at Miami all six years. He uh, didn't sign, but orally committed to Miami when Al Golden was the coach. So that is how long some of these guys wow. have been around the program. Um, obviously, the the group of the him and, and the class uh, a year after him, which is like Will Mallory, John Campbell, um, Gilbert Frierson, obviously. The, those DJ Scape. DJ Scape, DJ Ivy, I think, are the, the five left from that class. Uh, those guys have played for three coaches. Um I know like senior day, it's like a sent, you know, like it's a cliche, right? Send it up the seniors with a win, but but I, I do kind of like think this this senior class kind of deserves it for all they've been through. Oh, oh, for sure. I I, I mean I agree. And it's always an emotional day for them. It is, it yeah. is. And I and I and Mario knows that. I mean, right. he's you know, he's like a he he knows that. It's very important to the players, their families come, uh, you know, and and it, they get introduced to whatever on the field before the game. And uh, it's sad for them because again, if they, it's a weird, it has to be like a, almost like a sad moment, nostalgic moment. I don't know. I, it's just that they, when they run through the smoke, they know everything's the last time. And I guarantee you there are going to be a lot of tears after this game. Uh, if they lose, if they yeah. lose a lot of tears, there's going to be a lot of tears. And and maybe if they win, there'll be tears. <laughs> you know, it's just a lot of emotions. And um, I agree, they they deserve it. And God knows how many fans are going to be there. But at least it's an 8 o'clock, an 8 p.m. kick. Um, you know, it's on ACC Network for people who want to know how to get it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Which I think means a lot of a lot of our listeners, including myself, do not get that channel because we're Xfinity subscribers. Oh, I'm Comcast, so I I get it, but I'll be there. So, um, anyway, uh, yeah, it's 
They deserve it. I hope they, they have a good game. Uh, Pittsburgh's good. Pittsburgh has already qualified. Pittsburgh has won three games in a row, David. Um, yeah. And they're seven and four overall. Um, so they're coming in, you know, they're, they're, they're feeling strong and good. The thing is that they uh, have already qualified for their bowl. Right. So yeah. this game is not, let's, I don't know. Yeah, Pitt is kind of interesting because remember last year, I mean, this last year, this was one of the games, games of the year in the ACC, oh, yeah. Miami, uh, Tyler Van Dyke, Kenny Pickett in an absolute shootout. Um, and Kenny Pittsburgh. Pickett was great, but he threw at least one pick. Yes. Pickett. I know he did one or two. And and Tyler was. Tyler I think James Williams had an inter- a clutch interception in that game, if I remember correctly. All I know is Tyler was amazing. Yeah. And they came back. I There were some good pits. Oh, my God. There's some good Pittsburgh games the last several years. Really. Yeah. Well, remember the hand, remember the, they ended Miami's undefeated run in in uh, 2017. Yeah. Kenny Pickett. I believe it was Kenny Pickett's first start. I think uh, it was. Yes, yeah. it was. That was really cool. And I remember uh, in Pitt, of course, this is here, but in Pitt, snow and uh, uh, the the UM players with their uh, bare chested going out with no no tops at all, warming up in the snow and the cold, throwing the ball around. It was really funny. And they mm. won. They won that game. Um, but anyway, uh, it's, it's interesting. That game was such a shootout last year. And then you saw yeah. both teams come back this year and try to totally change your offensive identity. Um, Pitt obviously loses Kenny Pickett, bringing Keaton Slavis from USC, who has thrown more interceptions and touchdowns this year. And lost um, 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 Addison. Yeah, and Jordan Addison obviously Jordan Addison. the transfer portal. Yeah. Um, and they've so, just become this power running team, which is obviously that's Pat Narduzzi's like MO. That's what, you know, it was an outlier for him to have that uh, high powered, uh, high octane offense last year. And, but they made the pivot well, uh, Israel Abba. Abakanda, I believe is how you pronounce the last name. Yep. Um, That's right. 1,300 yards already this year. One of the best running backs, you know, all conference oh, type guy. Um, one of the best and Miami, in the country. Yeah. Go and ahead. Miami, Miami tried to do the same pivot this year and it just hasn't worked. And obviously the injuries, like I said, are, are part of it. But it's interesting to see that Pitt flipped its identity and, and you know, seven wins now, obviously looking for eight. Um, I think they've underachieved as well for a team that started the year in the top 25. But um, they've at least like they, they've figured out an identity and, and stuck to it and it's worked. And Miami just hasn't had uh, hasn't done that this year, but also hasn't had the luxury to do that this year because of the injury. So it'll be um, I think it's an interesting obviously Pitt and Miami feels like are always, like you said, playing big games and relatively evenly matched. Um, so I think. It's a good final measuring stick for this team. Uh, obviously, like we said, if they win, they make a bowl. But it's a it's a good measuring stick for for Mario and Gaddis and, and what these guys are trying to do. That if, if they can win a game like this, you know, honestly, a, a win would it would be Miami's best win of the year. Yeah, it would be really big. What a nice way to go out. You I guess know? they haven't. Uh, now that I think about it, they not. I don't know what Southern Miss has done, but they haven't beaten a team that's gonna make a bowl game all year. Man, I didn't think about that one. That's going to have to be my gamer possible. Southern Miss might technically, I, they might, I think they have enough wins. Um, but yeah, wow. it's, I don't yeah, know how I think about it. That's kind well, of interesting. Southern Miss five no. and six. So they, they got to win this weekend to make a bowl. Obviously, wow. uh, Virginia and Virginia Tech are not going to make a bowl game. Um, well, and then Bethune okay. Cookman is, so Miami has not beaten a team that's going to qualify for a bowl game this year. So okay, don't say uh, it any more times because I got to put that in my story. There you go. They, they got <laughs> That's good. To be easily their biggest win of the year, which um, 
yeah, yeah. That, that's another component of it. Really true. And by the way, upon a boniconda, a boniconda, a boniconda, boniconda, I think, unless I have it spelled wrong. Um, and I might, uh, he, he has eight 100 yards game, uh, yeah. eight 100 yard games. He leads the nation in touchdowns, uh, is second in the nation in all purpose yards, 168.6 a game. And he's second in the nation in rushing touchdowns with 18. Yeah. And he's sixth in rushing yards per game, 132. So yeah, it's I mean, an old school pit team. It's a pit team you're used to seeing. Um, and obviously that's kind of what Miami wants to do too. And they just, they just haven't been able to do that this year. And by, by the way, uh, and you know, the ESPN FPI, mm-hmm. uh, the, the football power index, yeah. and they give you all the percentages. They give Miami, I looked it up last night, a 44.6% chance to win Saturday. That sounds about right to me. Slight yeah. underdogs, right? I, I, I would say, I would say yeah. so. Yeah. Um, the so. importance of a bowl game, obviously, it's a hot topic this time of year, every year. Uh, do you do you buy into like uh, you need the extra practices, all that? Like, well, what, I what, do. How important is the bowl? Is making a bowl for this team? I do. I, I for every reason. I, I for the, uh, well, uh, unless they lose again. I, I that's a problem i they, they always a, seem to lose these games they <laughs> always seem to lose i mean the thing is d- making a bowl game to me is important um it's really good for morale for the program it's good for recruits to see i mean god if they finish five and seven i don't know i know mario's a great recruiter and stuff mm-hmm. uh, um it's uh they get the extra practices in, and it's not by the way it's not like 15 extra practices okay it's if there really is no NCAA rule, as far as I know, on practices. And what happens is because the kids have off, because the kids are studying for finals, because all this stuff happens, they usually only get, believe it or not, like a week. Yeah, a week. Week and I a mean, half. when the game the falls, most. yeah. They don't get many, many practices. But the point is they get it, and they and the young recruits can come watch practices. They let them come and stand on the sideline, mm-hmm. you know, and um, it gets, it's like exciting again and, they go get their little bowl. It's fun for the kids. It's really, I, I, I think it's a nice experience. The problem is that they just lose all the time. Right. So, and you and I have been there. We, right. We were at the independence bowl at the whatever. And it's a pinstripe bowl. These, these, and the bowl losses tend to be pretty uh, bad. Like they're uh, like the bowl lo- uh, horrible. Like every, horrible. and yeah. So uh, you, you think about the, how the last couple of bowl games have gone for Miami last year, canceled for COVID uh, the year yeah. before Derek King gets hurt. Um, right. The year before that is that's the Independence Bowl. Dan Enos gets fired the next day. Um, oh, the year before that is the Pinstripe Bowl, where Mark Rick retires the next day. Oh, that was just God. Do you remember that Nicosi Perry fiasco? Yeah, like the, the bowl oh, games have man. been like bad for Miami. They've been net yeah. negatives, I would say, over the last couple of They've years. They've been negatives, but you gotta maybe the negatives will end. Yeah, they exactly. Lose. You you can't you can't uh, like you can't just assume that because it's gone bad poorly in the past yeah. it's gonna go poorly again so i i think the bowl is important i think obviously the practice stuff is important um but i think i think mario needs like you need to show some sign of pride i mean it like like you said he's keeping this recruiting class together for the most part How, what would five and seven do to it um i don't know but i know that um seven and five with a win against I mean, it's not gonna be anyone important. It's, it's better. It's better. It's, it's like better. Can... But David also uh, like for this game coming up, this one right now, um, it would be really important to, for the, again, those young players, you know, for, 
them to show that there's there's hope for the future. Right, exactly. Like a yeah, win, like it. just winning this game would be like the the most positive thing Mario Cristobal yeah. can point to from on field this year, at least for um, a month, which is important. Yeah, exactly. Or plus um, whatever. So, yeah. Yep. And yeah, with, with so many young guys, I mean, every game matters too. Like it's every, every game is another yes. chance to evaluate. And as Mario is trying to reshape this team, this off season, um, we've already had four guys go in the transfer portal. It might be another couple before uh, this oh, post. Yeah. Like that would not be surprising. Um, every game is, you know, if you get to the bowl game and uh, I don't know, someone you don't expect to all of a sudden looks like a, a future starter, it shapes what you feel like you need to do in the portal. Like the, like every game is a, it's a chance to evaluate. Really and um, for a first year coach, it's much better to have uh, 13 games to look at than it is to have 12. It's an extra and I can't, and maybe, football to look at. Agree. And, and, and maybe in closing, I would say that I, I feel for Mario because these next few weeks, I mean, not only are there going to be a, he's going to have to be meeting with everybody and a ton of guys are going to go in the transfer portal, but he's got to keep his eye with um, Alonzo Highsmith. Thank God for Alonzo. I think, Mm -hmm. you know, seeing the other side of it, right. Who's entering the portal. He's got a lot of uh, figuring out and shuffling and stuff to do and planning for a game. And yeah. I mean, he usually gets what four four and a half hours of sleep a night. Maybe I think his wife told me that maybe now it'll be like three and a half. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be busy. I mean, we 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 yeah. the, the portal is uh, like you said, it's it's going to be they're gonna have to add a lot to it. But as Mario said on Monday, like they're also kind of like telling kids who are uh, maybe don't have a future role here. So like the there's gonna be a big a lot of a big exodus. As well, that you know, some of it might be guys that Mario wishes he could keep, but but a lot of it is going to be just uh, kind of culling the roster and and bringing in uh, improvements he hopes uh, in the summer. Yeah, he he the, the portal in his first off season was I'd say a little bit of a mixed bag. I think pretty much every one of those guys he got has been a contributor. Okay. Um, Mesador is bit looks like a star, um, but he you know. Obviously, they needed more. It kind of feels like now, like they could probably use another receiver. Like, um, there's a couple spots where uh, they're going to have to do a, I think, a better job in the portal uh, this off season if if the team wants to uh, get back to to really contending. Um, and then, like we said, Tyler Van Dyke is that's next. We we really don't have a sense of what his thought process is right now. Uh, whether he's going to come back, transfer, or go pro, and that'll that'll determine a lot of about what this team can be uh, in the immediate future. Um, anyway, uh, we're just about out of time. So let's wrap up there. Uh, you can follow Susan on Twitter at S Miller Degnan. Uh, she'll have your preview probably up uh, by the time you're listening to this. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at DB Wilson too. Uh, we'll both be at hard rock stadium on Saturday for the final regular season game for the Miami hurricanes. And they hope it will not be the final game for the 2022 <laughs> season. Uh, we'll see if they can qualify for a bowl game. We'll get, we'll be back next week to to wrap up uh, the regular season and maybe 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 talk about some possible bowl destinations. We'll see. Would love um, that. Anyway, yes. happy Thanksgiving to all. Thank you for uh, everything, and I'm thankful for everything. <laughs> all right, thanks everyone. Uh, we'll talk to you guys next week.